spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Ready to set off on your captivating journey into the botanical world? NYBG's brand new online education program, Plant Studio, offers bite-sized courses tailor-made for you to pursue your passion as a budding plant person. Guided by professionals, dig into gardening, botany, floral design, landscape design, and more. Grow your skills with online learning your way. Register at nybg.org. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. This from the Miami Herald caught my eye this week. It's posted in my social media, including at Smirconish.com in the newsletter. The lead of the story, last year, four University of Florida law professors who wanted to sign a friend-of-the-court brief in a lawsuit that was challenging a new felon's voting law were told that they could not identify themselves as university faculty members in the filing because it involved, quote, an action against the state. In August, university officials told a UF professor of pediatrics that he couldn't work on two cases challenging the state's ban on mask mandates because participating in lawsuits against Governor Ron DeSantis's administration would, quote, unquote, create a conflict for the university. And then on Monday, UF announced that three political science professors can be allowed, can be allowed to provide expert testimony in a voting access case against the state only if they do it without pay. What is going on here? Kenneth Nunn is the Dr. Patricia Hilliard Nunn Memorial Racial Justice Term Professor and Professor of Law, as well as Associate Director of the Center on Children and Families at the University of Florida, and joins me now. Professor Nunn, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Thank you, Michael, for having me on this morning. Appreciate it. So some listening might think the role of a professor is limited to the classroom. You would say what to them? What I would say is that uh, that is incorrect. What we are judged on for our uh, activity on, uh, on behalf of the university is our classroom teaching, our research and writing, and our service to the community. And these events that we're talking about, or that you, you mentioned in the intro, intro to the, your show, uh, basically involve both your research and your writing and your service to the community. Uh, because what we do is we develop uh, knowledge uh, that then is, uh, you know, sort of helpful in these these uh, amicus briefs or friend of the court briefs. That's helpful to the court. They want to hear about it. They want to know what we're, what we're doing and what our position is on issues. Uh, and that's clearly part of our function as a member of a law school faculty. Um, you know, when these uh, individuals want to testify in cases as expert witnesses, they're the ones who have done the research. They have studied the question. They have gathered knowledge. That knowledge should be available for the public and not restricted to people who are on the same side uh, as the current administration of any political unit. So what went on here as it relates to you and the felons voting case? 
Well, what uh, happened in our case is that uh, there was, of course, an issue as to whether or not Amendment 4, how Amendment 4 would be interpreted. Uh, and the federal court was addressing that question. Uh, there were some lawyers who wrote a brief, and uh, they approached me, actually, and some other people in the University of Florida and said, can you look over our brief and tell us if we're correct? Uh, we said, sure, and we thought they were. They said, would you mind signing on to that brief? I said, yes, we'd like to do that. Uh, also, do you think that other law professors around the country would be interested in this question uh, and would also sign on to the brief so that, you know, we can we can uh, rely on their expertise as well? And uh, so I went around and tried to get a number of people to get involved in the case. At the end of the, of the uh, day, we had, uh, you know, over 90 uh, law professors from around the country. All the leading law schools uh, had signed on to this brief. Uh, and all of those people were able to put down their uh, institutional affiliation, except for the people who were associated with the University of Florida. And in your case, you were told by the dean, hey, if you want to sign it, you've got to clearly indicate that the law school and the university are not affiliated with this action. Well, yeah, but, you know, honestly, Michael, I don't have a problem with that because that happens quite often. You know, you'll see people when they sign on to petitions or things of that nature and they say for identification purposes only that they they show where they work. So that's okay. I think what the problem I have here is that the default position for amicus briefs is no. And the only way you can get a positive answer that allows you to participate is if you, in advance, seek the permission of the university. And that permission, it seems, is going to be granted or withheld based on the political, uh, you know, point or political position that the brief takes. And that's unfortunate because, you know, what that looks like to me is a prior restraint on speech where the content of the speech is based on, you know, one's political position. And that sounds to me like that's a First Amendment violation. And if if that's a First Amendment violation, that's a restriction on my freedom of speech and academic freedom. I get it. In other words, Professor Nunn, you feel like you are being leaned on. There's undue influence being brought to bear on you that is limiting your academic freedom and that at the root of it, it's political. Is that fair? That's fair. Is there just, you know, play devil's advocate for me for a moment. What's the state's basis for the change? And is there some analogy here where someone affiliated with a litigant can't take an opposing view? I mean, maybe it's not fair to come up with a corporate analogy, but I'm I'm just trying to put this right. in a larger time, a larger frame or context. Well, well, I'm glad you put it in that in that posture, uh, Michael, because I, I think that's exactly what it is. I think that some of the leadership of the university, some of the leadership of the political leadership of the state, and some of the, you know, supporters and, you know, people who are, uh, you know, in a position to make donations, you know, they're looking at it from a corporate perspective. If I work for IBM or any other corporation, if IBM was involved in a lawsuit, I could not participate uh, on the other side. And, and I think that that analogy works if we're talking about things like you know, perhaps a, a land use litigation where the university is involved in in that uh, matter uh, as a as a party. So, you know, for me to come in and say, well, you know, I received money from the University of Florida, uh, but I'm going to advocate directly against the university's interests. 
that becomes a problem. I think it's it, it's harder when you expand in a more broad sense and start talking about the interests of the university, A, being tied to the interests of the state, and B, being tied to whatever political uh, you know, party is in power at that point in time. So say, for example, I'm a criminal defense lawyer by training, and I teach criminal law. So does that mean that whenever I go into a courtroom and I'm representing a person who's being charged by the state, that my, my interests are now adverse to the University of Florida's interests? That doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't make sense for, for, you know, some of my colleagues have represented cases where the legislature is suing the governor, the governor is suing the legislator. What's the interest of the state in a case like that? You know, the, the problem here is that this notion of the interest of the state being tied, uh, the interest of the, of the university being tied to the interest of the state, which is then tied to the political leadership's interest, is just way too broad, and uh, it then restricts us and it prevents us from doing something that's a core part of our jobs, which is providing information to the public and not having that information be restricted from access because, you know, you have one, you know, political position or another. Professor Nunn, sum up for somebody who's listening in Arkansas or in the Pacific Northwest and, and is trying to figure out, well, what's the significance of all of this? The short version is what? The, the short version is that we have people who are trying to keep information under wraps based on politics. Well, that was extremely well presented. So thank you so, so much for your time and for enlightening us. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Michael, for having me on the show. Appreciate your interest. Kenneth Nunn is the Dr. Patricia Hilliard Nunn Memorial Racial Justice Term Professor, Professor of Law, Associate Director at the Center on Children and Families at the University of Florida. Now now I think I get it. Now I think I really understand this, and I hope you find it of interest as well. I was, I was thinking of, okay, what is the, you know, the analogy outside of a university setting? And he said, I'm glad you brought it up because, you know, there might be a circumstance where you couldn't be at odds with your employer. That makes perfect sense. But in this case, no. Because if you go back to my first question to him, which is to say, help us understand the role of a professor or an academic outside of the classroom. And by the way, I get this because I remember uh, this wouldn't be a perfect example, but I I, I remember often tapping uh, academic expertise in my own legal practice. If if I needed to have an expert on a particular subject, I would want to go into academia and find I, I had this was not a way that could have been adverse to the university. But I remember needing uh, a metallurgist and and to, to understand how a piece of steel had broken. Was this pre-Google? How on earth did you find this person? Oh, yeah, it, it definitely was. <laughs> right? But, you Think know, of that. What, society would have been denied that level of expertise if the university said, hey, you can't be involved. Because that's a criminal <laughs> case or so, some other kind of case in other words yes i and and how about him when he says i'm trained as a criminal defense attorney so am i now precluded in the state of florida from being involved in a criminal case because after all the prosecution will be the state that doesn't seem right either the smirconish podcast for independent minds listen to michael smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m to noon east on sirius xm's potus channel 124 or anytime on the sxm app connect with michael on facebook twitter youtube and at smirconish.com 
spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.